thank you. We thank you for fathers. We thank you for, most of all, that you're our Heavenly Father, Lord, and that you always catch us, Lord, and that you are always there. We just pray for open ears now, Lord, and open eyes, hearts, to hear what you would have to speak to us, Lord. And we just commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Thanks, Jeff. It's lovely to be with you this morning. Thank you very much for, for asking me to come and share. It's, uh, well... I've been, uh, I've been in the club for about 22 years now, and um, I think I'm still trying to figure out how it all works. Um, we have had uh, three opportunities now at uh, figuring out how it works, but the problem is every time we have a new one come along, you know, it's also very different, and, and, and they don't work, work the same. So it's, uh, that's the way it is with, with kids. I know they have, they have some things in common, but... Um, but they still they have a mind of their own, and it takes a bit to figure out what that uh, what that is like and and um, how that's working. And then they get older, and then and I get older, and you know it's a bit like this here. Uh, you 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 come up into into things that you're you're not used to. So the greatest gift you can get from your kids is to become their friend on Facebook. But 22 years ago, I was actually on the stage at Gretton Bible Church. I'd had a sign around my neck that said, seven weeks to go. And we were due with our first child, and I was up there with some other dads, and I was giving, you know, answering some questions on what fatherhood was going to be like, and they were, they were saying their pieces of advice. The problem was, within a week, uh, we had our first child. Come six weeks early. Uh, quite a surprise. And we had this little bundle, it was a very small bundle actually, it was only four pounds, just over four pounds. So a very small bundle that we had that, uh, that belonged to us now, we were, we were a mum and a dad. And we had this little life to, to teach and to, to train and to protect and to look after. And it was, it was a, you know, quite a big challenge that we had before us. And then, and then another one came along a couple of years later. Our daughter came along. Uh, and then and a couple of years later, Trent, our son. And we were, we were this family. And we had these children to bring up as part of our family. And we had to, to teach them what, what that was like to be, to be a family, to be a part of this, this group. Because as, as children, they wanted to belong. They, they had a mum and a dad that they wanted to be, um, have a relationship with. And so there's this, this sense of belonging that we needed to, to create with our children. And that's the job that we have as fathers, is to create that, that, uh, that family, that sense of belonging that our children are looking for. And that's, that's inside all of us, that desire to belong. It's... It's not going to work. I've got to turn it on. That will help. That desire to belong is inside all of us. It's the way we're created, to belong to something. And God's given us the family unit to belong to. And, you know, we enjoy being belonging to clubs and, and, um, and groups and, and all sorts of different things in which we can belong to, sports teams. Uh, but we have a family that we should be our, our first sense of belonging 
and our children are looking to us to provide that for them. If they don't see it in us and they don't get that sense of belonging in us, and then they'll look elsewhere. They'll look for that in other places to find that place where they can belong. And certainly as they grow up, they'll be, they'll be looking for that. But this sense of belonging comes from the fact that, that each of us were created in the image of God. We, we desire to be in relationships. We desire to be in a group, in a family. And our Father God designed us that way. So I'd like to tell you about a dad today. And we can learn some things from this dad that can help us in our role as, as fathers. And I thought, don't normally do this, but I thought if there is any questions that the things that I say raise or anything about being a father, um, be a time at the end in which we, you can ask some questions. So we'll see, see if, that, uh, if that's something that might be of help for you. But you may be a father here today. You have children that you are bringing up, creating the sense of belonging in their lives. But you may not be a father here. You may yet to be a father. Uh, And so don't switch off. There's not something you can learn from this. It may be that you've moved on from the initial phase of fatherhood and you've, you've moved on to being a grandparent, a grandfather. Well, you still can have a huge influence in the lives of grandchildren. So don't go to sleep. And it may not be, it may be that you're not a father, but you, you might, be, might be raising one. So um, there's some things that hopefully you can learn from this dad. So the first, first part of our dad is discernment. These are two big things that I think we as fathers need in, in our job, in our role. Discernment is the first thing. Discernment is something that we need to possess, something that we need to have to, to do our job really well, to do our role as father really well. So discernment is making our way through the maze of untruths in our world and the moral degradation that's happening in our world and standing tall. That's not your, your definition that you'll get from a dictionary, but as in, in, in the light of our role as fathers, that's what we need to, to have is be one who can stand tall amidst all that's going on around us in our world today that we're dealing with and trying to raise our children. So would you consider yourself to be a discerning person? It's an interesting question, isn't it? We need to look at ourselves and just go, am I one who sees what's going on in this world and adjusts how I parent to counteract what needs to be done. It's pretty sad in some respects, the world in which we're bringing up our children, isn't it? Really difficult. There's issues going on in our society that, are, that we just shouldn't have to deal with, creating a lot of hurt in kids' lives. And so much is needed to pick up the broken lives that we have in our communities and bring healing and and love and restoration. And much of the 
the issues that we face, we're thinking of um, child abuse and, and youth suicide and alcohol and drug uh, abuse, um, divorce rates, all these issues that we are facing in our community. And a lot of them can be tied back to the fact of a breakdown in the family unit and the, um, the role of absent fathers. So we have a lot going on in our society that we need to, to deal with and try and counteract in the lives of our children and our families. We need to see what's happening in our, in our education system and what's being taught and what's being seen on TV and coming through in modern music that our kids are listening to and counteract a lot of those messages that are coming through there. Is it just a movie? Ah, oh, it's just a movie. A very a statement that we need to be very careful of. Because discernment is looking at something that may just be what everybody sees and going, what is really behind this? What should, should I be allowing my child to watch this? Should I let them watch it, but hey, let's have a talk about it and have a discussion and, and see what we can bring out of this? to teach and to train and looking at the situation. So having discernment is, is seeing the unseen in situations, the in, inevitable implications that will come from um, what your kids are going into. So we're raising our, we're raising our children in really a, a sewer of moral relativism. Truth is relative. Everything is relative. You can decide what you think is right. But if your kids buy into that sort of philosophy, it's going to ruin their lives. So this is what we have to do. We have to teach them. That's our job as fathers is to teach them. Because if we don't, who will? If the kids don't see moral absolutes in our lives, they're not going to see them anywhere. And that's not just about talking about them, but about living them. And they've got to know where those absolutes come from, that they come from the Word of God. And not just from the Word of God, but from the very character of God. Very easy to say, oh, because I said so, isn't it? That's what, you know, if someone, I don't want to do that. Well, you're going to do it because I said so. Well, this is going to happen because I said so. No. We, we tell the truth because the Bible says so, but not just because the Bible says we should tell the truth, but it's the very character of God. If you can take the lessons that we're trying to teach in life back to the very character of God, and it gives them a basis in which to believe, not just because my mum and dad said so. Going back to the very character of God. Philippians 1, 9-11 says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. We need to have discernment to understand the world in which we live to understand our life in Christ.
Every Friday night, as I was growing up, my dad ran a Bible study for the youth in our church. And my three older sisters, it would be in our house, and all the young people would come on a Friday night, get about 25, 30 of them there in the lounge, and they'd have their, their Bible, um, Bible study. And as I was growing up, my sisters went along to the Bible study, and it started at the age of 15. And I was the youngest. I would uh, enjoy doing and being involved in the cooking, uh, baking evening that mum had. She would be making the slices and the biscuits and all that sort of thing, and I'd be there licking the bowls and, and mixing the icing and spreading it on and, and licking the bowls. And uh, loved it. I enjoyed it. But I always knew the Bible study was going on next door, and there'd be laughter and it'd be fun, and I'd go, I can't wait to get there. I finally got there when I was 15 and really enjoyed Dad's teaching. Lots of alliterations, acrostics, and all those sort of things that Dad liked to work, work with. Consequently, you have one today. Uh, I'm my father, I'm my, uh, a son of my father. Um, and one time when I was 18, I'd finished school, I was working, and I can't even remember what the topic was that Dad was talking on. But he said at uh, one point that we don't owe our children anything. We don't need to give our children an inheritance. And there was a laughter around the room. Oh, poor Howard, you know, he's not going to get any inheritance, you know. <laughs> Mum and Dad have done what, you know, what they're doing. They've given him what they're, they're going to give. And that stuck in my head, that Dad didn't owe us anything. He had done, he'd discharged his duty as a, as a father. It wasn't finished, but as a, as a father of young children, training children, he'd discharged that duty and done it to the best of his ability, and he didn't owe us anything didn't expect an inheritance, but he had given us all we needed. Maybe didn't give us what I wanted, but he gave us what we needed in life. A good spiritual foundation. Understanding how to have a relationship with God. That's what we have as fathers to give our children. Not a whole lot of material things for them to think they're living. So if I'm going to effectively father my children, I need to have a relationship that's closely linked with my father. I had that right at the beginning where we started the service, you know. A heavenly father, that is a, a wonderful relationship that we have. And we need to develop that as, as fathers so that we can pass that on to our children. If, if we don't have that, then what have we got to pass on to our children? A good education, maybe a house when we die, that's not what they need. So it's the, it's the personal relationship that we need to have with our Father that's important. There's a lot of so-called personal freedoms going on that people are desiring in their life, personal freedoms, but it doesn't bring a, a sense of belonging. It's knowing that relationship that we have with our God not being free to do whatever we want to do, being part of the family. And so we need discernment. And to counter that downward spiral of society that we are living in, we need to see the issues, but then we need to bring the antidote. And the antidote is direction. We need to see the issues, and then we know to be able to bring direction to our children and teach them. 
So discernment is something that we, we need to have. Direction is something that we need to give. Something that we need to give to our children. It's setting a course. And it's a long-term thing. It's not something that happens in an instant, and it's not something that happens quickly. It's a long-term goal. It's, it's a process over the lives of our, of our children as they're growing up, giving direction. Where do we want our children to end up? What do we want our children to end up like? Because that will affect how I parent and the direction I give when they're, when they're really young. So it's having a long-term goal, not just, not just trying to make it to the end of the day and, and keep these screaming kids quiet, you know, so feeding them this or sticking them in front of the TV, but what is my long-term goal? What do I want to achieve in this, you know, with this child? And where do I want to see them go? That will affect how I make decisions on what I do. And so we have some verses in the Word of God that, that help us with this. And Deuteronomy 6 says, These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Ephesians 4, 6 is one we know. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What do we get from these, these verses, the, under, the underlying parts that I have there on those verses? The fact is, parenting is intentional. Parenting is something you have to decide to do and, and decide where you're going to go with your children and, and how you're going to direct them. It talked there about impressing them on your children. When you walk, when you talk, you're, you're trying to instill in, in, in them the word of God, life lessons, what sort of person you want them to become in 20 years' time. Bring them up in the training and instruction. These things are, are intentional. You have to be proactive as a father. You can't just let life slide and just go along with the flow. You have to be intentional about your, your parenting. Growing up, we always had a, a Bible reading at the end of our dinner time. And it was standard. It's just what we did in our household. And that's how we learnt the Word of God, I guess. Dad, we'd read it. And then Dad would talk about it a little bit. We'd ask our questions. And, and it was a great time of discussion. Sometimes it was like, how long is this going to go for? And, and other times if it was rally night, you know, you'd, you'd want to keep Dad talking as long as possible because if you kept Dad talking long enough, then you wouldn't have to do the dishes before you went to rally. So you, you just ask questions and anything just to keep them talking. But it was a part of life for us. And something that we've done with our children as they've grown up, we've read right through the Bible with them over the years. Just giving an opportunity to bring that instruction, giving an opportunity to have discussion about what's going on at school and, and things like that and, and how it relates to the Word of God. Not long, 
not dry and boring, but just something light and um, interesting for them. It's a habit that makes teaching an intentional part of our parenting. It's never too late to start. Maybe thinking, well, my kids are a bit older now and we haven't done anything like that. Mm, it's it's going to be a bit difficult. Well, it's something that you make make an effort to do and make a habit and, and, and make sure there's time for and it's never too late to start. Start early certainly is the best way. But giving direction is also unintentional. Because why? Our kids are, are looking at our lives, aren't they? They're looking at us. And they're going, is what he say match up with what he does? So we're just going along living life and they're watching. And they're trying to decide whether what I say is what I do. We lead by example. The old adage, old adage is uh, actions speak louder than words, right? And that's, that's true to a certain extent. I like to take it one step further and change it to actions speak louder with words. When they know what you say and what you do lines up, then they'll follow that. That's, that's something to live for. But if not, then they will find something else. I used to go down in the mornings and, and look through the crack in the door where Dad's study was, and I'd see him kneeling um, at, at his desk chair praying or reading the Word of God, and that was an incredible lesson for me. We need to be intentional about teaching. Ravi Zacharias um, I encourage you to, to, to look up RZIM and um, check out what Ravi Zacharias says, an apologist who just brings incredible um, truth and um, encouragement too in, in parenting as well as in, in spiritual life. But he says this, with 9, 10, 11 hours of work that you do, if you don't influence your children, then your neighbours will. If you don't influence your children, the television will. If you don't influence your children, the humanistic Secularist media will. If you don't influence your children, the system of education in this country will teach them that we come from some primeval slime and that abortion is okay and truth is relative and until they no longer know what to believe anymore. And we are graduating students that can argue one thing, that you cannot believe anything. And we send them to university to graduate as sceptics. We need to be intentional about our teaching and training. And setting that direction is, is so important at an early age. If you put it in an angle of context, uh, in, in the context of angles, if you're just off one degree, you know, over, over a metre, it's not very much, is it? About 17 and a half millimetres. But what about when you get to you know, 100 metres or a kilometre? What about in, in 10 years' time, you know, 10 kilometres down the road or 20 years down, down the track? Where, how far off course have they got? So we need to, to set a good standard. 
And then I, as I got look at that. as I got into my teens, something that Dad would would often say as I went out the door off to something with my mates or youth group or camp or he would say, "Remember who you are and who you serve." He'd remember remember you're a Robinson, and that brings with it certain responsibilities, I guess. But remember who you serve, that you, you're a child of God. They were good words to help me stay on, on, on track and just remember when I was out there not to do something I shouldn't do. Reinforcing that direction and belonging. So how? How, how can we do these things? Well, certainly we have to get our direction sorted out with our Heavenly Father, don't we? That's, that's the first thing. Understand where we belong as a child of God, part of the family of God. If we don't have that, then what can we bring to our children? That sense of belonging is so important. These words from Ephesians chapter 2. You're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you are being built together to become that dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Being members of God's household is, is so important to know and understand. That through Christ we are in the right place. That can only happen through Christ. Once you know where you are, certainly before you put anything in place and make any changes, good to get together with your spouse and have a chat about what should we be doing? How should we be getting more intentional about our fatherhood? And I've got a few things here. Make loving their mum visible. They need to see your actions line up with what you say. Having a great relationship there of respect teaches them how to love their spouse. Even how to deal with conflict. If they see, not arguing, but discussion and dealing with conflict and talking. Make dinner a priority. A chance to have a Bible reading together. Great times to bring out those life lessons for your kids. Prayer, make prayer with them regular. Pray with your kids. Every night before they go to bed, pray with them. Go into their room, let them get tucked in, and then pray with them. You'd be surprised at what comes out of a discussion at night when they're tucked up, warm in bed, and what happened during the day, and, and just what you can speak in, and then you get a chance to pray with them, and they pray with you. Ah, really special times and really important. Make fun times part of life. We used to have our family fun nights together. Used material from um, Heritage Builders, which gave great stuff of activities and, and lessons to learn. Great times that we had together with our family. Fun needs to be part of life. Make conversations non-judgmental. Yeah. Give them a chance to speak without jumping on them. This is one I had to be really careful of. Very easy for me to, to come in with the answer. Bam. <laughs> um, but no, let them talk and, and 
and talk through the issue. Don't, don't preach to them. Making the most of opportunities. As you walk along the road, as you talk, when you see something in God's creation, mention about God's creation, how great it is, because they're getting a whole lot of stuff at school that's saying someone didn't create it, it just evolved. So talk about God's creation and how great he is. Make church a priority, even, even on holiday. Go, oh, we're on holiday, we won't bother going along and finding a church. We're on holiday, let's just chill. What message are they getting? Ah, so when you're on holiday, when you're relaxing, you don't have to worry about your Christian life. It goes by the board. No. Find a church. Find a, a, a different church. We've had some great and interesting experiences of, of churches that give you another point of discussion that you can have with your kids. Make decision-making a personal responsibility. You want to watch a movie? Well, what's the movie about? What's it like? Well, there's a great website. Go and check out Plugged In. Find out what the movie's about, what it involves, the content. A great Christian website that rates all, reviews all movies. Just some resources that I've talked about and a, and a book, couple of books there that I've, I've read and got. They're, they're getting a bit old now, but, mate, they are right on the money. If you read them, you'd think they're talking about life today. Great couple of books by Steve Farrar. Well, we've raced through a whole lot of stuff there. It's, it's an amazing job being a father. And the rewards are fantastic. Having that relationship with your kids, having them come to you and talk is, is a really neat thing. But it takes discernment and it takes direction to create that sense of belonging. Any questions? Opening myself up here. Any questions? I oh, know it's probably not something you're used to doing at church. Calling, I oh, know we had calling out before. So, any questions? Feel free. If not, that's all right. Come and see. Come and see me afterwards. Ah, oh, yep. So the question was, if, if you were starting fatherhood again, what would I do differently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would I do differently? There's certainly a lot of things I, I'd, I'd do the same. And I'm really, really thankful for the opportunities that we had. What would I do differently? I'd probably spend more time in prayer for my kids with my wife together. We pray for our kids, but I probably didn't do that consistently earlier on in their lives. And prayer is really important. We, we, we just can't underestimate the value of prayer. Praying for your kids, praying for your grandkids, because we start, we've started doing that. Now, we don't have any grandkids, um, but we're praying for that legacy to carry on into the next generation. But so certainly prayer would be a big thing. Um, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm quite quick to jump in on, on situations and, and um, I'd probably just hold back and, and stop and listen a bit more uh, if I was to do things again. Probably 
Here we go. I'm getting a nod from my wife. <laughs> Thanks. Any other questions? How many in in my family? Um, I'm not actually sure. Uh, the question was about how many in the family did my my parents, my father, lead to the Lord. Um, he certainly led me to the Lord um, at the age of twelve. Uh, I asked, I talked with Dad about. I'd grown up in this Christian home, and I knew knew it all. But um, at one point, I realised that it wasn't uh, on the basis of my parents or the fact that I went to church every Sunday. I had to make the decision for myself. So I asked Dad, yeah, 10.30, 12th of July, that night, yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure about my sisters, actually. Good question, I might ask. Thank you very much. Great. Any other last questions? Uh, my father is still alive. Yes, Dad just turned 18 just uh, earlier this year. Uh, and still a great example. Um, as, a, as I said, the influence of a grandfather on the lives of children is, is not to be underestimated, not from the fact that they pray, but the fact that they, they, they speak into their lives. They'll ask them how they're going with their Bible reading or, or what they're reading you know, as far as good books go. Um, Dad still asks me that. So your role as a, as a father never stops uh, and, and having that influence on your children and your grandchildren. Well, I think we should leave it there. I just want to just pray and um, commit the fathers here to their role. Father God, we, we thank you that you are an amazing father. You, you show us what it's like to be a father. Um, you've given us your word to, to help us see that, um, the amazing character and love you bring. And so, Lord, in our role as parents, we, we need that help. And so, Lord, I, I just want to commit the, the fathers that are here today to you, Lord, for, for their own uh, hearts and lives to be turned to you, uh, to seek you, um, Lord, to, to lead their parenting and their fathering. Lord, we pray for um, an input into those lives, an intentional input into the lives of their children. And we pray for the lives of the young children too, Lord, that they will grow up seeing uh, a wonderful example. But Lord, I not only commit them to you, I pray a blessing on them. Lord, bless them in their roles. Uh, such an important role that God bring a blessing into their lives because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>